for plebs, by plebs, dropping the Bitcoin only signal. Pleb underground. Welcome everyone to the Pleb Underground. Pleb Underground is back, episode 21. We got back. There's only one. Each block, TikTok. Miners trying to find the nonce. Digital scarcity can be invented exactly once. Now you can prevent your government thieve. Let's go to the beginning with Adam, not Eve. Whether the Fed is printing or starting to taper, there's just one single name cited in the Bitcoin white paper. That's right, guys. You guessed it. Very special episode. This is episode 21 of Pleb Underground. And who better, who better to celebrate it with us then Adam Back, CEO of Blockstream. And dude, we really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, it's obviously a huge honor. This is a, you know, it's a pleb cast and it's pretty much plebs that watch it. So we really appreciate it, man. Well, thanks for having me on. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Look, we are going to let go right into it. Walton, we are diving into the numbers. Yeah, the numbers, of course, brought to us by timechainstats.com. Remember, a new way to browse the time chain, check out timechaincalendar.com. At the time of this recording, the block height is 769,605, the Bitcoin price 16,602, total public lightning capacity 5,125.21, Moscow time 6023, and the chain rewrite days 905. So you know what? Bitcoin price might be down, but Bitcoin security's pretty good. So. I, th I think I think you mean that, that you can buy more sats for for each dollar is is what I heard. I think you, you said over <laughs> six thousand sats per dollar, which I think is the more important number. I was reminded of that this week that that the the accounting unit yeah should should be should be sats and not not dollars. So oh, you're absolutely you're absolutely it should right. Should be that way around. Walton, speaking about important numbers, let's take a look at this post from Documenting BTC. I actually I, shared this one with my family, this this, this nice. graphic. Nice. Yeah. Dude, this is... So anyway, so shout out to Pierre Rochard. Uh, he was tagged in it. I'm guessing maybe the data was from him. Who knows? But anyways, shout out to uh, Documenting BTC as well. The Bitcoin network processed $60 trillion worth of transactions this year. $60 trillion? All without a central, all without a central agency, all without. Wait, all without the... regulation, Phil? Are you saying this this happened without regulation and it just worked? <laughs> Seriously? No, we we they, something must have happened. Somebody must have. There, there must have been some governance. There must have been something done. There's no way that that could have just transacted freely like that. I I don't buy it. How did you make it happen, Adam? How did you make it happen? <laughs> Oh, well, Bitcoin is a force of nature. It has no governance, just uh, lots of individuals voting economically or speaking their mind on social media. It's a very good point. And, and not only that, but like if we zoom out, right, this, this week, I, I feel like the last two weeks have just been, for some reason, just extremely dismal. In, in terms of like, in terms of prospects, in terms of the news, in terms of the what? political... Yeah, the political picture. I don't. I don't know, man. Corporate owned media is just. Then you're following too much mainstream media. I but think. but that's the point. That that's the that's the picture they're painting, right? And then we see something like this. Who says that Bitcoin's dead? Sixty trillion dollars processed this year, of transactions. Anyways, I I just you know what? This is the this is the type of stuff that we zoom out for. This to me, this is the type of signal that we see. And if, and if you look at, if you look at, I don't, I don't have the stat, but I'm sure if you were to calculate uh, the the transaction throughput um, um, fees percentage, it would be a lot less than with any um, sort of um, traditional finance method. Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. I mean, unfortunately, I don't have the numbers either. And but much I, more I, secure, and you know, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Bitcoin is the network itself is significantly more secure than it needs to be for what it's actually processing from everything I, I've always understood. It's and, basically the most secure um, computer system in the world. Exactly. Very well said. All right, everyone, we are moving on over to 
Wrecked. Wrecked is brought to you by Represent LTD. Check them out, representltd.com. Awesome threads, buy a Bitcoiner. They've got awesome Bitcoin clothing as well, right? Bitcoin branded clothing, very nice threads, very nice quality. And of course, you can use the pleb-underground code for 10% off. Representltd.com. Check them out. Very nice, Phil. Very nice. Yeah. And once again, Bitcoiners, we've got to support brands uh, and businesses owned by Bitcoiners. Um, this this is, you know, um, the circular economy that, that people talk about. Okay. So this this week on Wrecked, um, I'm going to give a bit of a... We're going to look at a few different things. We're first going to look at some individuals or or, uh, or groups that I consider wrecked, and then we're going to look at um, some some larger things that unfortunately um, are very much wrecked. Um, so first, we have a tweet from Bitch Boy Crypto. Uh, you know the 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 fat guy um, that that that. Oh, this was actually so the first time I heard of this guy um, was when I saw a video of some fat crypto guy um, who 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 clearly really struggled to get into the new supercar that he bought because he did some video about it and 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 they you know they showed they showed the car but the bit they cut was was the bit which he was getting in or out of the vehicle um so, so i imagine it was a bit of a, a challenge for him a anyway so he, we know he's not he's not athletically gifted and apparently he's, he's not numerically gifted either um clearly not understanding the fundamental differences between bitcoin and ethereum um here talking about tokenomics of course anyone who uses the word tokenomics is is usually a scammer um if not you know very much left left curve Guys, what do we think here about the complete, uh, yeah, lack of understanding, um, numerically, uh, the the quantitatively challenged group known as the shitcoiners? So I'll I'll go first. Grift Boy kind of scares the shit out of me, uh, because he has a very big following, and there, he just he gets a lot of people wrecked, um, with just absolutely horrendous advice. Uh, the second thing is is that this this notion that that Bitcoin has an inflation rate. So Bitcoin has a cap. We we know exactly how much Bitcoin there's going to be. All there is is an emission schedule. That that's that's all it is. And you you have miners that mine the transactions. Like th this is from the beginning to the end. It is known. So this this ridiculous concept that Bitcoin has inflation, I, I just think is completely false. You're just talking about mine Bitcoin versus not mine Bitcoin. There's nobody like that's going to go and create a whole bunch of extra Bitcoin. Okay, like that that shit applies to the shit coins and it applies to fiat. And he just, you know, not only that, but then he also shills XRP. <laughs> Which, which is completely mind-boggling because he talks about the state and he talks about capture and he talks he talks about CBDCs and then he shills XRP. <laughs> I just and I find it mind-boggling. To me, the key difference is that Bitcoin has a, an, an issuance schedule, whereas um, centralized shitcoins have have monetary policies because, of course, monetary policies are divide are just decided by a small group of um, elites at the expense of, of of the many. Of course, you know, like shitcoins. So you know what? It's something to something to think about. Um, what is it like? How do we have to teach people uh, about Bitcoin? I, I think like, I, I mean, all the information is out there and, and I feel as though we've gotten to that point where the information is incredibly simple. You need to stop and trying to teach people about Bitcoin. You need to spark <laughs> curiosity about the, about the problem of inflation, um, what the causes and effects are that are now more visible than ever. Um, and then and then and then get them to the point where they say, well, this isn't sustainable, is it? No. Uh, and then you they start saying well what's you know what's what's the solution um if they could just kind of you know print more and more what 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 am i meant to do and mm. then you can start talking about bitcoin and 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 you know introduce this concept of independently verifiable scarcity and i think if people if, if you can I think that's the key concept to 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 teach people. Like I, I once spent two hours 
spending the time trying to orange pill a group of people. I think I pretty successfully did it. And in the first 90 minutes, I didn't mention Bitcoin. I talked about inflation. Yeah. I... You, you don't need, like, you need to be showing them, you know, the charts. Like, Ben Prentice, what is his site? Uh, WTF1971, whatever it's called. What uh, WTF happened in 1971.com, yes, something yes. like that. They've got some good charts. Um, but but essentially, like, if you look at the key thing is look at ha- look at the look at housing against salaries. The 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 multiple of uh, average house price to to salary is increasing at an increasing rate. Um, and that just means that yeah, owning their people's own home is 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 becoming increasingly not possible for people. And I think that's 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 wrong. Like that that should be something that that people should be able to work to achieve. Yeah, no, we're we're definitely approaching a, a precipice, right? Like it's it's coming to the point where people like at this point having a home is is a far off dream. Like I I have friends who are even Gen Xers that that literally had like buying a home in this climate is is still a far off dream and that that's a, that's a scary thing like you know right, i, I you know, my, fa- my father's a boomer he, no he bought his first house at like 20 what he was like 26 something like that you know what i mean like at 26 years old i was still swimming in death well it's um, like my 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 great grandfather bought bought a house in london for say 3000 pounds my dad or or bought it for hundreds and sold it for thousands my dad you know then it's like in the hundreds of thousands and now it's probably in the millions or or like it the the, how it's it's just insane isn't it like the 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 Mm. monetary premium on real estate and and the thing that doesn't get talked about enough and i think it's truly the reason behind why we're seeing so much inflation especially in service businesses is because they have an overhead of of you know things like hotels restaurants bars etc you're seeing quality go through the floor um of both service and and what they're actually producing because they've already they've already done shrunk shrinkflation they've already um reduced the quality now they've got to put the prices up and they've got to cut the staff um th- because of this increasing um demand on their business from real estate and from from the property and the taxes etc etc the the it, it it's making physical businesses unsustainable no you're absolutely right and, and i'm sorry while you were talking about the housing piece it, it just made me realize right we have this faction of bitcoiners that think that having a house is a shit coin and or or owning a home is a shit coin now of course there's degrees of this right some people say your primary residence is not a shit coin but if you invest in real estate it's a shit coin and I, I would just, I'd love to know, uh, I'd love to know uh, Dr. Adam Back's uh, thoughts on is is real estate a shitcoin? Well, I mean, because of the inflation realization, like you know, emerging markets have known about high inflation for a long time, but people in uh, high income countries are starting to realize the same thing. It means that people have to invest to preserve their spending money and. So everybody's running around trying to invest in things in the stock market in property is like a major investment. So, you know, you're talking about London, like the UK has a very high home ownership rate. People are investing in real estate and it, it prices out normal uses, right? So, you know, there are people buying houses as investments. Maybe they don't even occupy them or rent them out. They just like want to preserve value. And so they're sort of treating it like, a commodity or something right so that's actually bad you know if you if you have a money that is dependable then property is going to become more affordable and people who buy it will use it as opposed to speculate on it which you know which is not good for you know the average person's enjoyment of being able to afford a property and so on there's many it's like seven and eight figure properties in London that just are unoccupied for maybe 364 days of the year. Ridiculous. 
Yeah, and it's, I mean, and we've seen like, again. It's it, it, people, you know, even the very, very rich are looking for for any sort of scarcity, and that's what this is about. It's about finding some property that that has some very, very exclusive location, um, and that's that's the kind of scarcity that that the you know they also buy you know rare art. The, the same ideas apply. It's about that they're trying to find. You know, in the same way that shitcoiners, you know, buy all sorts of nonsense. I mean, they 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 definitely don't understand scarcity as as well. Um, but they're still trying to seek it out. I want to move on to the next little story, um, of Rex this week. Uh, so here, I think to me, uh, I mean, we all know we've all known for a while really that the New York Times is is Rex, but um, um, their their reporting of of Sam Bankman Freed is 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 just un- unbelievable um they um yeah they 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 seem to be what's the word you know p- putting this guy forward as as a respectable character when when clearly he's not um and then just i think it was just today um yep uh he he apparently somehow cashes out um you know well over half a million dollars uh despite the fact he's he's under house arrest uh, and supposedly like d- doesn't have any money right he lost he lost everything so uh it's it's all a joke um the 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 treatment of sam bankman freed adam Did you see his tweets oh go ahead adam sorry yeah uh he he was tweeting denying that by the way but uh yeah i don't know the the mainstream coverage is very bizarre you know, in on the one hand, they're very sort of negative and salty, no coinery about Bitcoin. But on the other hand, they are sort of uh, carrying water for SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, in terms of you know smoothing over the problems, um, recharacterizing things as you know in a positive light and making weird stories about the bahamas you know that uh it's so bad for the bahamas that you know they might lose some trade or i don't know it's like very strange that that they choose to basically continue to work for him as a kind of pr department or something I mean, I think it's the Democrat Party pulling strings in in the in the media, or what, and not not just right. Like he, you know, he he uh, bribed. Sorry, he donated money to um, campaigns on on both sides of the the aisle in the United States. Um, uh, you know, many of whom have significant links in uh, in in mainstream media, especially the New York Times. Um, uh, the next uh, person wrecked this week, uh, and and it's with with a lot of pleasure um, f- from myself. Um, is uh, of course uh, fake Toshi, um, who who once again um, is is found to be you know um, lying or just 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 you know making a mistake because he he doesn't know Bitcoin um, as as well as um, anyone he faces. Um, so uh, uh, here, um, yeah, just just not understanding um, where uh, the, the white paper um, is cached. Um, well, I mean, the uh, one of the convenient things for people commenting on this is that each time there's a court case, there's some uh, interesting and choice quotes from the judge basically casting him in extremely poor lights. And as far as I understand, as a non-legally qualified person, it's extremely safe to just read verbatim things from court documents because they are privileged, which means... You can't generally be prosecuted for reading out something that is in a court transcript, basically, right? And particularly the judge's uh, comment or decision or what have you. And uh, you mentioned Van Pelt, so Arthur uh, does a great job of reading through all that stuff and pulling out the quotes and the court judgments and making big catalogs of them and stuff. Oh, absolutely. It does indeed. Yeah, it's uh, so I think now he he has um, he used to have at my legacy kit, but I, I believe I don't know if that account came back. I think it's the same it's one. Just, I think so. It, it came back. OK, because he was blocked for a while and you had to go check out his stuff. Oh, on no, Arthur sorry, Van Pelt. he is Arthur Van Pelt now. I apologize. Yeah, he's Arthur underscore Van underscore Pelt. Yeah, for the most for the most up to date stuff on on the BSV happenings, definitely check him out. And I, I don't know if you saw, but like, you know, they have that that, you know, they've got that guy, Kurt, that pretends to be a Bitcoin historian. 
I don't even know oh. what that is, but like, yeah. but it's, it's really brutal because the type of stuff that this guy posts, it, it just makes no sense. Like he posted today that Craig, ne like Craig has never lied. And like, there's literally all kinds of debunked. There's websites dedicated to every single thing that's been debunked that he claims that was true that isn't. Are so there I many just, people on the record that have lied more than more than him? I honestly, I'm I'm not even really sure. I I find that this is like a huge joke. I I feel that this actually this whole BSV thing really outlines the joke of, of our justice system because it has nothing to do with justice. It, it's a business for lawyers and judges and. I mean, that the court system, that's pretty much what it is, because it's, like what Th this guy clearly is not who he says he is. It's been debunked. And I, I mean, don't get me wrong, but like the other thing that I always cite, which is my own personal opinion, it's it, I, I read through the Bitcoin talk dot org uh, chats and I just can't reconcile that human being with the, the piece of shit that that uh, CSW is like, I, I just I can't I can't reconcile them into the same person. So even even if Satoshi was multiple people, like I, I just don't see how he was a part uh, of that. I, I just don't like unless he was the asshole, you know. So <laughs> sorry, I just can't help it. That guy's just awful. It's really expensive too, right? The lawyers uh, are the ones that win in terms of legal fees, I guess, right? Well, every, I mean, look, at the end of the day, right, it's exactly what you just said, the lawyers, right? Like the whole system is getting to win off of this guy parading around. And, and not only that, but really wrecking noobs, you know, like the, the, everybody that stands around BSV provides incorrect information uh, that, that's completely imaginary. And, and it's really scary. So thank God, you know what? Thank thank God that thing is is a complete joke and nobody takes it seriously. But sometimes, sometimes you know they 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 tend to they they tend to make more BSVers tend to make more noise than not, and it seems like they have a bigger echo chamber, but really they don't. Well, so, I mean, it's it's of course sad for newcomers who who don't understand or get misled to lose money on projects, but in some way there's a kind of a positive side effect, which is it's it's the sound of the market healing or something, which is sort of a capital allocation concept, right? The people that misallocate capital tend to lose it, and then they have less of a voice in the market. Where you know, voice in the market influences your ability to uh, place money and you know uh, add weight to successful and positive projects and so on. So, to extent to extent that you know, some people who are quite vocal but confused about the forks lost a lot of money that makes it harder for them to mislead people in the future because they've got less money to spend less money to spend promoting things uh, running conferences and things like that that's a very good point i you know what I, I didn't even think of that but absolutely you know the 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 strength of your voice in the market and the thing, oh go ahead walton the, thi the thing that like, i kind of hate lawyers to me like there's the, the evil trifecta of of, of careers uh, lawyers journalists and politicians right it, it's about that they 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 use misinformation essentially to 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 get ahead in what in what they do now um the the best thing the, the very best thing about bitcoin is that it's money without lawyers like I, that that's what i love the almost the most about bitcoin it's it's money without lawyers the mathematicians and computer scientists removed lawyers from money it's incredible no lawyers very good point in, they say they say i said this a while ago but they say they say in the fiat world possession is 9 tenths of the of the law in bitcoin it's 10 tenths not your keys not your coins absolutely like there's just no bureaucratic layer you know, and the and and the bureaucratic layer, let's be honest, is a social layer that really doesn't intertwine the way that it does in fiat money. Because in fiat money, the social layer is printing the money; they're actively printing it. Whereas in Bitcoin, they're abstracted from that layer. Can't do shit. All they can do is fork it, right? I think that's why uh, credit cards are expensive, for example, um, for, for the people accepting them and for the users indirectly, you know, a couple of percent to 3% fees. But basically, it's not, you know, it's not necessarily that the credit card company is making a lot of money or what have you. It's, it's going into 
kind of fraud costs, right? So it's sort of not very secure. So there's an ongoing theft problem. There's disputes, some of which are valid and some of which are like uh, hostile chargebacks by people claiming they didn't spend something when they did. Um, you know, they went on a poker site, they made a bad bet, and they said, oh, it wasn't me, somebody stole the card or something, right? So that's kind of hostile chargeback. So all these things are contributing to costs. And that's really bad for some kinds of online stores because the hostile chargeback rate is bad for some kinds of use cases. So it kills some business models. Anyway, so Bitcoin kind of fixes all that because it's bearer and final and works on the internet. So there's no kind of chargeback or fraud cost. You know, what's kind of interesting is that people technically at that point, right, the only way that a chargeback can occur is if a conversation occurs. So you you kind of again right you need to engage the social layer at a different at a different level and it, it you know it doesn't muddy the waters for the money. The uh, the other thing I, I wanted to mention about credit cards you were talking about the uh, the credit card security. Um, I, I used to uh, I used to install pay systems in self serve DVD rental uh, um, servers, and a lot of these a lot of these credit card processing units okay are all in plain text. So like when you when you swipe your card through one of these terminals. Quite often, you, the the name, the uh, the card number, and the expiry date end up in a text file, or in some cases, just the number and the expiry date with the security pin. It's it's really crazy. You mean stuff. they're being transmitted unencrypted, or or just saved unencrypted? It's so uh, I don't know about being transmitted unencrypted. I don't believe so, but I have seen them be saved unencrypted to just plain old notepad documents and and these are and these are pieces of software that that people install right in like vending machines and stuff like that to you know to be able to facilitate you know credit card payments and so just some food for thought something that bitcoin scary fixes stuff. <laughs> you don't have to deal with that scary stuff but unfortunately um bitcoin doesn't fix um the 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 geopolitical leverage uh that that major powers are able to enact on on other ones uh, and this week unfortunately it's ukraine getting wrecked because apparently they got sold off to blackrock with a uh, ukrainian president zelensky and blackrock uh, ceo agreeing to coordinate investment in rebuilding ukraine and bless their hearts. They're so nice. I'm sorry, but I, I just, to me, that this is just a load of crap. I, all, all we're watching is money laundering. That's all I understood right there. Oh, oh really? Oh, mm, no, I swear. No, no, I agree. <laughs> I know, I know. You did. <laughs> yeah. Un unfortunately, um, the, the, you know, Ukraine getting wrecked. Um, you know, it, it's 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 terrible. But it's not just Ukraine getting wrecked. It's it's the whole of the Western world getting wrecked. Um, and and one um one theme that is common with um monetary revolutions, ends of empires, um, is the promotion of more and more degeneracy. Um in in culture and just this week we see the economist now openly campaigning for the the legalization of cocaine um like i i, I don't i don't know where you stand on these kind of things like to, to me um you know i i'm i i'm a I very much believe that an individual has the the ownership of their own body right that, that your your sovereignty has to start with self um but i think cocaine is is a drug that i've that, that i've seen um firsthand and and you know in 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 you know from heard from other people you know stories etc cetera, etc cetera, um that can be very damaging to to many individuals and, and communities um the fall of western civilization gentlemen adam you want to go first or you want me to go um yeah, I mean, I tweeted a few weeks ago something like "burn it all down," uh, which is just that you know everything is just in such a dismal state, and the kind of trial balloons being floated by uh, wannabe political elites are just so dystopian that they seem disconnected from reality. So, 
you know, I think Bitcoin is the reset basically that that we need at this point. Uh, geopolitics and politics in general is trending in a really bad way. It's a very good point. And, and I think um, this is kind of evidenced by the depravity that, that we're seeing. And I have a feeling that as things uh, can, unfortunately, um, due to, I, you know, what, what I believe, and I think what most Bitcoiners believe is terrible money and poor monetary policy, um, I, I think that we're going to continue to see more and more of this behavior because people need to be kept entertained while, the, while everything is on fire. Bread and circuses. Bread and circuses. Right? This is why I didn't, I didn't watch the World Cup. I'm like, look, England are going to be shit anyway. They're just going to lose against France or something and probably on penalties. And that's exactly what happened. So I was vindicated in, in that. And like, again, like I don't watch, I don't follow mainstream media, but like I learn about it through memes from Bitcoin Twitter. And, and then maybe I might look look up what's what's going on if I, if I, if I need to. Or, or, you know, I think there's good articles as well, but... Do you know what I mean? Like I like I like using the kind of social filter of people who 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 try and um, evaluate um, the, the incentives of people promoting certain stories before they they sh they share them and promote them in a certain light. No, I I completely understand, and I think that that's very important. And it's you know what, unfortunately, we we've gotten to that point now where you know. None of us essentially, it, it becomes incredibly difficult to trust any of the news sources that we see. You know, so it, it, at this point, until you actually see the action happening, you're you're kind of like always doubtful about the news source that that you're reading. At least that's what I ended up learning coming into into Bitcoin. I actually used to trust corporate-owned media much right. more before before I found Bitcoin. Yeah. In, in all honesty, and then you know, it's like that. We talked about this the, last week. It's right? a, it's a, Did we? Bitcoin is a hallucinogen that that enables you to see truth more and more, and and and, and makes you unable to kind of deal with the kind of bullshit wrappers that that the fiat world puts on on many of these things. Mm -hmm. Guys, I have one one last link for, for the rec section, um, and um, it's this time it's it's casa or or casa that is that is that is wrecked wrecked um, again with yeah yeah because uh because nunchuck which is which is a a, a oh, better yeah. app anyway because they're they're you know they're not they're not still using uh wallets that only have addresses beginning with threes um for starters uh, and and they do nfc as well um which is a proper mobile uh, wallet um they're, they're now doing um uh, inheritance planning so um yeah uh if you want to go support a bitcoin only business because around here we say fuck shit coins please head over to nunchuck um they do they do single sig multi-sig um they're now doing inheritance planning um, I believe Coin Control is available on the desktop version, but not currently on the mobile version. Um, it, but it is coming very, very soon. Um, yeah, guys, support Bitcoin-only businesses. Um, let the other ones get wrecked. Um, yeah, if you go woke, make sure they go broke. I'm uh, I'm bullish on the uh, the, the self custody uh, inheritance planning. Um, I'm so I, hyped about Nunchuck. Yeah, like, I, 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 just, I just think. We've talked about this before, but the NFC plus plus the, mo the mobile like first, you can normies are going to be able to do multi sig so so easy, so easy. You know, this is the and and again, right? This goes back to a conversation that we've had before, and I know that Adam has heard this a million times, and and it's just that you know going and I think Adam, you you could also appreciate this, right? Like you remember the early days of the internet. Like I'm I'm a Gen Xer. I remember the early days of the internet. Like it was fucking like unless you were unless you were a total geek and totally loved your computer, like it sucked. The experience was garbage, and you just you had to really know what you were doing. And literally, this is kind of where we are in Bitcoin. And in Bitcoin, though, we're moving much faster than it did with the internet. I believe because I used to build computers. Like I, I saw the technology. I started building them when they were Pentium twos, and you know I saw them go all the way up to you know to Pentium fours. And it's just the the simplicity of it every year would just change by leaps and bounds. Like you don't actually have to be a technician to put together a computer anymore. Like you you don't have to be. You could just buy the parts and it all clicks together. Either the part fits or it doesn't. You know, like 
it, it's not the same thing. And, and obviously, most people don't even need to go through that. But now when we look at Bitcoin, right, Bitcoin's the same thing. You know, you've got great, like, uh, you know, I'm not saying this because we have Adam on, but Jade, you like, I, I have a Jade. I also have a cold card. I also have a Trezor. Like, man, Jade is a great product. It's super easy to use. You've got the desktop version. You've got the iOS version. Like, it's, it, it's got an easy UX, and we're only 14 years in. Like, I, I remember in the early 90s, the internet still sucked, okay? And it had already been around for over 10 years. It sucked. Guys, still just sucked. to clarify, for, for, <laughs> like, I Bitcoin doesn't. <laughs> 14 years into television, they still didn't have color. What? There you go. Yeah, like, right. like, people need to zoom out, you know? And, like, we just, I, I think we just don't appreciate this enough because we live like in such a society. Years, I huh? Maybe, I think it was, like, almost 30 years until they had color television. Well, Adam, I, think the, I think I think the, the fiat world increasingly um, um, drives and then seeks to capitalize on the the high time preference behavior of people, and and so people are kind of increasingly skittish, and you have the, you have that um, as a consequence, um, that sort of behavior. Phil, Adam, your uh, your thoughts on this before we wrap up the segment? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, innovation in the wallet space at the moment. You know, new wallets, more interoperability easier to use, uh, making more advanced features or functionality easier to use. Um, so the sort of multi-sig and the seed signer and the QR codes, uh, that's getting easier. Actually a way to interoperate actually, because it's a standard in itself and you don't need, you know, as long as the wallet or the signing device handles the uh, same standard QR, uh, system you can interoperate across wallets it's pretty cool adam quick question what do you know why did blockstream choose to go for the the kind of camera qr code approach rather than nfc um as as the um i guess wireless way of, of doing things um well so we uh started building this device based on a esp32 platform which is a kind of Internet of Things device you can buy. So actually, you can run the, the Jade firmware on a, a number of ESP32 embedded devices, and it doesn't have NFC. <laughs> so, but it does have, you know, a dual core, 32-bit processor, some security features, a camera option. It's a it's a modular system for electronics builders, but it has has the. Um, is it a bit like a know, Pi Zero sort of thing? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it's just kind of a tiny, surprisingly cheap, tiny system on a chip is at the core of it. So, you know, there's a chip that has the Wi-Fi, that has a Bluetooth, that has the security features, and then you can plug in different peripherals. And some of them are literally, like, physically snapped together. But the Jade itself is a kind of um, custom build, so, like, a slightly miniaturized version of, uh, for example, the M5 stack, which which you can, like, clip together like a battery pack or a camera yeah. and it just gets thicker of sandwich of parts and there's a battery in it as well so yeah that's part of it and you know we you know the green wallet supports and it integrates with uh, other hardware wallets like ledger and trezor and so on so you know we're not we weren't looking to you know, compete with them but we wanted to be able to innovate faster on bitcoin only things like you know trustless trades and things like that. So we made it an uh, open platform. So it's another kind of differentiator. Um, yeah. So, so it's, it seems like the, the design was thought through with the idea with reducing, um, I feel like liabilities isn't quite, dependencies, reducing de dependencies or centralized dependencies for the end user. Is that is that a good way of looking at it? Well, um, you know, it's it, one of the points is, you know, one of the things people aware of is supply chain risk, i.e. that somebody could intercept or tamper with a hard wallet or build a, you know, a fake one or something. And because Jade is based on the ESP32 platform, you can buy, you know, maybe an electronics store, uh, an, an IoT device that you can run the Jade firmware on. And then you're pretty sure that nobody's targeted it because they make millions of those things for you know people to use for you know automated light switch, internet connected devices, and stuff like that, right? So you've got that kind of supply chain independence, 
and it's it's an open platform so you could build your own if you're an electronics tinkerer and you can change it as well the source is open and you know the, the idea with the qr code is um there, there are people that it's a, it's a kind of high security option that some people like so the risk with a radio like a bluetooth or a wi-fi is people worry that you know somebody can find a bug in the software and exploit it at a distance you know within some feet of where you're standing right whereas you know a qr code you're pointing it you know at the screen so you're in control of the interface so there's not really much risk of like remote compromise uh it has usb as well um and it has a, a no radio option as well so it has bluetooth but you can turn it off basically yeah it's a really nice little chip the uh <clears throat> it's like the m5 stick i've i've had the uh i've I've worked with the M5 stack and the stick. I, I remember making a little uh, lightning pay terminal uh, that connected to my node. And what's cool is, is that you can have like, you know, you can have relays uh, power off of this device, which technically means you could actually have relays powered off of your device as well. So, you know, like not, I, I have no idea what the use case would be for that, but it's just like a fun tinkering type of thing, you know, where let's say maybe a transaction comes in and I don't know, you know, the relay fires off some voltage or something who knows the light turns on i don't know but I, i'm just saying it's it's a really cool device i think it's awesome that you guys chose it i i remember when i first got it that's the first thing i noticed i pulled it out of the box and i'm like genius i'm like they use the m5 so it's, it's a great little well or like the m5 it's a great little footprint and it's a fantastic device and uh um, when you to me oh, sorry go ahead walton i was gonna say to, to me it sounds like um everyone is getting wrecked except for those trying to become more self-sovereign um to to create um re redundancy um to, to to enable greater personal freedom and bitcoin is certainly one group leading that charge all right we are moving on over to the hopium the hopium sponsored by crypto cloaks Welcome back to Crypto Cloak's shopping channel, where you can see a variety of excellent Bitcoin goods. Uh, here you see the Honey Badger, which has a secret compartment in which you can keep your FUD dice or perhaps a signing device. Once again, this is you can find all of these at CryptoCloaks.com or CryptoCloaks.eu. Here we see the Hoddle Knot Helmet. Um, if you purchase this item, you contribute towards the fight against evil over at DefendingBTC.com. If you use the code PLEB, underground right. you get five percent off all bitcoin goodies over at cryptocloaks.com or cryptocloaks.eu all right guys we always tell you how early we are but but you may not really realize it but i think this tweet right here from at psycho satstacker yeah bitcoin is dead plebs what's the next best thing let's take a look at some of these choice comments this is this is great right here. I thought you'd appreciate this because Walton, you were talking about FTX. Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. FTX proved it. Yeah, there's a bunch of normies that think that. Yeah, that's a bunch right. Bunch of normies that think that. Look, um, look at this yeah, good. But basically, you just this... tell them, hey, you know how you know how the the the, the fiat system uh, they sold a bunch of paper gold and it's way more than the, there's actual gold and that's why gold failed. And um, that's what FTX tried to do and they failed. Walton, blockchain is everything and Bitcoin is absolutely nothing. Heard it here first. Bitcoin isn't safe. Mine was stolen. <laughs> this is fantastic. Uh, this is like everything. All, all summed up into, oh, here we go. Bitcoin will dump. XRP is king. Backed by gold. The only value in Bitcoin is the interest in it. Wait, what? XRP is backed by gold? Is that BitBoy again? Hey, BitBoy, <laughs> put down the crack pipe. So, so check this out. This one is hilarious because it was already attempted and they failed. Okay, BTC can be overthrown by China tomorrow and nothing you can do. Actually, um, Bitcoin just kept churning out blocks. So China, they tried, <laughs> they tried. Uh, so here we go. Bitcoin is worthless. I can't buy anything with Bitcoin at Walmart. You know something? I guess what? I Walmart also is useless. You, they no, don't no. sell anything for Bitcoin. But but this argument, right? This this ridiculous argument that you can't buy anything at Walmart with it, or you can't get anything on Amazon, like that's the stupidest shit. Like, of course you can. Like, hundred percent. If you want to go out and purchase a gift Maybe card, fold. sorry, yeah, exactly. Bit refill, fold. fold you know, like, and and not only that, but at at one point there is an uh, um uh, a non direct 
method. Uh, I forget what the name of the wallet is that that used to integrate with Amazon. I don't even know if it does anymore. But but the point is this, right? The rails, they're starting. Like again, right? This is one of those situations where everybody who's thinking that the internet stops, okay, with this giant five and a half thousand dollar machine in your living room that just collects dust, like you're wrong. It's not what happens with Bitcoin either. It just this, continues this, to evolve. This was a theme we covered, I think, a month yeah. or two ago. I was talking about the, the, the institutional adoption of Bitcoin does not come in terms of all the companies putting it on their balance sheet. It comes through um, traditional finance companies and, and now, you know, Bitcoin and, and some kind of VC type firms in investing in the, the companies that are providing goods and services to businesses around bitcoin so you know i get things like strike making partnerships and and voltage getting google investment like we we you know this this thing happens um business to business in the services where there are higher margins especially because of course bitcoin is a uh, is a bearer asset without need for custodians and intermediaries and so there isn't that 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 same potential for the same profit making uh, as in legacy finance mm. all right so i i've gotta i gotta ask adam this it's a very basic question so you saw those comments from i'm assuming a whole bunch of no coiners and shit coiners so what do you think i mean like look you've been here for you know from the start are people are are people late are people late to Bitcoin? I know that I I thought I was late in 2016. I, I I always think I'm late. Every time I stack, I think I'm late. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean everybody thinks they're late, and then you know it's eight years later, and uh, there's still people thinking they're late. But I think that's not the case. It just continues going, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the problem with uh, FTX was it's not a problem with Bitcoin. It's a problem with FTX having a lack of Bitcoin. Like they had people who thought they had Bitcoin on there, but they didn't have any Bitcoin. Like FTX sold the Bitcoin or something, it seems like. They had a Bitcoin problem, just not the one that they're pretending they had. Yeah, yeah they, they sold the Bitcoin, right. got, got a bunch of stable coins, bought a load of shit coins, um, and then I don't know how you get wrecked though. You like when when you have access to the the, the order books of, of your customers that you're trading against, that you use all their money. Like how, how I don't understand. I still don't understand how did it go so wrong. Like how bad can you be? No, no. I mean it's a very good question. I asked the same question like like recently, which is, you know, they had every advantage, like a complete lack of ethics, as you said, access to the order books. There is a formula that guarantees money at the expense of the users, and they had no stop losses, like huge cheap credit like free credit basically billions right, of dollars unlimited. Credit. unlimited free credit so so effectively at very low risk they Zero could be making a billion risk. dollars yeah so they could be making a billion dollars a year just margin lending in in low risk platforms so that if their collateral dropped they could give it back in a hurry so i'm just saying you know to lose in these circumstances they had to have been insanely greedy and stupid and gone margin long, you know, a bag of uh, low tier altcoins. And you, you saw it, right? The is it CoinDesk published their um, their portfolio, and I was like, I don't know what any of these things are. They're just like low tier altcoins, and that's what they were stacked with, right? So it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I I don't know, like how they lose in that circumstance. I mean, the thing I can think is that they. Uh, you know, I think one thing that's coming out is they, uh, because they were leveraged against FTT token, they were trying to manipulate the price of it because mm -hmm. well, it would get liquidated. And I think you know some of their leverage came from other platforms, and so there they could get liquidated, and so they got in this silly cycle where they were trying to prop up the price an artificial price for their collateral, and you know shoved everything into and the price fell further yeah wait wait till everyone finds out that's exactly what countries are doing with fiat <laughs> currencies yeah exactly graciously provided by adam some some hopium here this is from tur demister u.s interest 
Look at that. In how to buy Bitcoin on the rise, 500% increase since August. I, I have to say, Adam, you know what? This is some damn good hopium. This is definitely some damn good hopium. And, and I have to say, it's coming at a it's coming at a good time, right? It's coming at a good time. Yeah. We're starting to oh, go ahead. Well, I mean, you, you can look at the price, but the price is like influenced by uh, four sellers, you know. So there are there are four sellers in the market, people who were too too leveraged, and that applies to a number of uh, prop mining companies. And and you know this because some of them are public companies, and you can look at their accounts, right? Their the amount of Bitcoin they have is shrinking. The amount of cash they have is shrinking, so they're selling Bitcoin, they're restructuring loans. A couple of them declared bankruptcy um, or try to negotiate Chapter 11 and so on. So, uh, you know, I mean, once the four sellers run out of Bitcoins to sell or restructure, I think it's, uh, you know, the retail interest is there. Are you uh, are you of the opinion that the quote-unquote minor capitulation is uh, not over yet? Um, they must be getting over because, you know, there are only so many companies left that haven't, you know, done something to restructure or, you know, run out of Bitcoins to sell, basically, that kind of thing, right? Mm. That's a very good point. Walton, what are your, uh, what are your thoughts on this? Hey, you happy with the, I mean, you happy with I, the, yeah, with like the Google it. results? To, so just, just briefly on, I think... I do like the kind of uh, natural selection, survival of the fittest aspect of with Bitcoin clearing out, um, you know, too much leverage, a forest fire analogy. I think it's a, it's good for the, um, it's it's good in general. Um, it, you know, it means that um, Bitcoin gets passed from 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 the greedy to 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 the to the more responsible, um, uh, and. Phil, with regards to the the Google search results, um, I know Clat, who is a Bitcoin pleb on on mm. Bitcoin Twitter, um, is a big fan of of Google search result trends, um, and and I believe he has a a swimming pool even bigger than than Dieter's, and so he 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 he's clearly doing quite well, um, and may so may maybe that's a a good indicator, uh, for 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 your uh, little uh, numbers here in 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 the hopium section. Clat's a good Bitcoiner. I like him. Okay, we are gonna move on to this is our final story for the hopium, and it is an energy story. More about our energy usage and just about how that narrative is finally starting to see some cracks, that ESG. We should really say energy transference because energy doesn't get used. It gets transferred yeah. or transformed. Okay, so this is a tweet from William McNall 18 who put out this, uh, you know, they linked up to an article from Spiked-Online, which we're going to dive into. Okay, so let's take a look at this. We're paying a heavy price for our elite's green fantasies. And this is something that we've talked about a lot as Bitcoiners, okay? A lot of these green narratives are just complete nonsense. Well, you know what? The chickens are coming home to roost. Here we go. Parts of London were just inches away from running out of power back in the summer. The national grid, out of sheer desperation, was forced to fork out an astonishing 9,700 pounds per megawatt hour to secure emergency supplies from abroad over 5,000% the usual price. An insecure supply of energy has been unable to keep up with demand, pushing up prices to new eye-watering levels. Make no mistake, we, we don't have an energy problem. We have an energy problem. <laughs> it's two completely different things. This year has delivered an all-too-painful reminder of something that the political class seemed almost determined to forget, that a secure supply of energy is a necessity, not an optional extra for a functioning modern economy. For the past 15 years or so, our leaders have convinced themselves that the singular goal of energy policy should be to mitigate climate change, to reduce the carbon footprint of our energy production. As a result, politicians across the political spectrum didn't just neglect our energy supplies and infrastructure. Their deliberate policy choices have also made them more precarious. In the run-up to the crises, politicians boasted about their plans to rid the UK of oil, gas, and coal. Ministers proudly posed for ce celebratory selfies in front of demolished power plants, 
Political parties competed to go further and faster in reducing emissions, which in practical terms means running down our energy supplies. Every major party, the mainstream media and civil society more broadly, have all indulged in the fantasy that we have no need to frack for gas, drill for oil, or dig for coal. Our green establishment persuaded itself that Britain could instead be powered by the weather. But the inherent problem of wind and solar power is their intermittency. When the wind doesn't blow or the sun doesn't shine, they can't produce energy. Renewables essentially place us at the mercy of the elements. And don't get me wrong, but this is, you know, to a certain extent, this is exactly what, what elites would want. Because it's another lever of control. Anyways, continuing on. A flurry of new drilling licenses have been issued for North Sea oil and gas. Ministers are pleading with oil and gas firms to invest in new infrastructure, pushing against years of government policy and so-called ESG narratives from the business world, which were designed explicitly to throttle such investment. Gas storage facilities have been brought out of retirement. Coal power plants were due to be shut down, have been instructed to remain on standby for emergencies this winter. Politicians are forced to recognize that avoiding blackouts is thousand times more important than avoiding carbon emissions. The climate emergency can always wait. That's the signal right there. Because there is no fucking climate emergency. That's why it can always wait. It's just something that politicians keep in their back pocket. This is just something, that's all it is. Look, in the 80s, it, it had to do with the, with the aerosols. Okay, they were they were mind fucking us with the aerosols. You you couldn't use an if you pulled out hairspray, you were evil. Anyways, these changes are too little, too late. They're very much still seen by our political class as temporary emergency measures responding to an acute shortage. The government is still determined to prevent fracking in the UK and to leave our vast reserves of shale gas in the ground. Net zero, the target of reaching carbon neutrality across the economy by 2050, is not only still the letter of the law. It also still shapes our elite long-term thinking. For many politicians and activists, the energy crisis is just another pretext to push for green goals. Make no mistake, this has nothing to do with green goals. All, all this has to do with is levers of control and taxation. Okay, this is just a nice, this is just greenwashing. Anyways, wrapping it up here, we're getting there. Net zero advocates are not interested in securing a plentiful supply of energy. Quite the opposite. Instead, they want the government to manage demand for energy. It's very important. The Climate Change Committee, which advises the UK government on decarbonization, says that an astonishing 62% of emissions reductions should come not from the new carbon-free energy infrastructure or production processes, but from behavior change and individual choices. That's right. You're individually responsible. Right? The little peon. You're going to fix this. Yeah, and it's, and it's a choice. It's the, this is, anyways, this is psychotic. This is a euphemism for using less energy, which in turn means producing less, consuming less, traveling less, and enjoying a lower standard of living. This is, this is right on. We must reject the misanthropic idea that we can all live with less energy and that we should reshape our societies around the vagaries of the weather. We must demand a world of energy abundance. So what I did was, was that I went to go do some, I just went to go do some digging and I found two interesting research papers that I'm going to put in the show notes. Okay. One of them is out of Japan and the other one is out of Africa. Okay. And I'm just going to, for, for the, uh, for ease, I'm going to read the one out of Japan, but essentially both Japan and Africa came to the same conclusions. Okay. The simulation results indicate three major findings. Firstly, that energy consumption is closely related to quality of life. Higher utility levels suggest more energy consumption. Okay. And the paper in Japan, that, that's why I'm just going to give you guys the links and you can dig through it. Um, but the paper in Japan found the exact same thing. So you see, it's not that they don't know. It's not that they don't know. And and this has to do with Bitcoin in the sense of the reality is fracking is not going away. Oil rigs, gas, coal, none of this shit's going away. Bitcoin is the answer for making these technologies, number one, more profitable to, for the people who run them. And number two, better for the environment. 
Now, one and two could be interchanged, but I'm just saying this Bitcoin does fix this. And these people do not care about the environment. Yeah, all the all the like cobalt mining in in Central Africa is is definitely not good for the environment, uh, and all the extra part of that is you know done for batteries and um, some of those sorts of um, uh, products. Um, one further thing, I, I certainly agree that that human humans. Um, humanity grows when it when it uses more energy and what technology is not meant to do because of course technology isn't yet a living being although that's a rabbit hole i'm not getting into yet here uh um although technology is meant to make energy use over time more efficient and so therefore cheaper and that's part of why it enables more and more energy use which is a good thing but it's it these kind of i don't know these kind of systems where you have more than where you have various feedback kind of loops are, are often not very well understood by by many people mm -hmm. um yeah Adam, I mean, what, what are your thoughts uh, on this yeah i think the the report you pointed out from japan is spot on in the sense that for hundreds of years, economic prosperity has been correlated with energy capacity. Um, you know, the Industrial Revolution, uh, transport, and so, you know, and, and that's true, like, across time and across space. So countries with higher access to energy per capita are wealthier. And it's a direct correlation, right? And so, you know, it's fine if people want to have a initiative to bring in new energy sources, but you know they shouldn't switch off existing energy sources until they've uh, you know built the new ones, and that's that's what Germany's finding out the hard way, right? So now people are starting to realize that energy sovereignty matters, that having continuity of energy year-round matters, and and the you know, you can't just like swap out energy sources. It depends, you know, some of the renewables are intermittent. So if you actually want to use it, you have to, you know, integrate storage, like energy storage systems, uh, grid balancing systems. And Bitcoin is interesting for, you know, improving profitability, funding, building more energy infrastructure, and as a kind of buyer of last resort to um, buy up surpluses and improve profitability of, new power generation projects but i think that you know it seems to me that the future is going to involve higher higher availability of energy and you know improved economic efficiency related to that and so i think bitcoin is a part of that solution because it's an energy consumer that can provide continuous demand and therefore make you know producing more energy capacity profitable I want. I think I want to touch back on something that you said uh, because it, it's very it's very important and it, it's you're you're spot on. Here's a uh, this is a this was part of that thread from William McNall and here we go. Historically, new sources add on to old, right? Like you said, they don't replace. Here's a chart of global energy consumption by source from Lumberg. So you can see right here, going all the way back to the 1800s, right? These original sources, they didn't just disappear. Biomass didn't disappear. All these other energy sources simply added on. So I, I, guess, I guess for me, what really worries me is the, the hubris of, I don't, I, don't, I don't even know, you know like how to explain it, but the hubris of a small group of people to try to reinvent history and, and pretend somehow that our future lies in this, in this low energy, you know, like eat the bugs, you know, don't move too much because the world's going to explode. Like, I don't understand how anybody's falling for this in, in any way. I mean, this is, this is insane. It's very disheartening it's, to say the least. It's, uh, <laughs> it's another example of central planning uh, leading to systemically wrong outcomes, right? You want to you want to leave things to the free market 
And then people who make good decisions will do better economically and reallocate capital. Absolutely. Walton. It's, it's actually, I think it's more about social psychology. Um, so um, tip, typically, and this isn't, this isn't exclusively, but the women tend to, in general, adopt uh, positions that are more socially acceptable. And the same is true of uh, neurotypical and uh, low testosterone men at an increased rate. And with the current tolls of uh, the fiat debasement, um, the average man um, is is working out less than he previously did, um, and and um, is is in worse shape and has lower testosterone than 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 uh, in previous generations. Um, and so the we we had it is the era of weak men that people talk about, um, the, the, in which. Um, cucking to central powers um as a, as a, as a as an attitude um is more widely adopted all right like we told you guys once a month we do the btc pay server update let's see what's new in btc pay server last month guys 1.7.0 came out so let's see where we're at right now Look, it looks like we're up to 1.7.3. They've got some bug fixes. There's some improvements. Don't forget. Your monthly reminder that bugs are to be yeah. fixed, not, not eaten. Exactly. And also, I just want to bring people's attention. This is going to be in the show notes, okay? Uh, Bass cool. put this out, right? It took us a while, but here it is, a refreshed version of the cold card and BTC pay server. How to sign a PSBT and what a PSBT is, is a partially signed Bitcoin transaction. And I remember using a step-by-step -step video uh, to figure out how to do that. And I remember the first time I got one of those to work and it was an awesome feeling. So you know what? I Don't forget to check it out. Like, I mean, this is a horrible analogy and and uh, yeah, like if, if you want to criticize me for using it, then then please go ahead. But it's a bit like uh, Horcruxes in in uh, Harry Potter. Like you need multiple multiple elements to 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 make that 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 kill shot. Uh, you need multiple multiple signatures, um, each that don't really have any power, but the the once they all get joined together, you you it seals the deal, um, and away it goes. Very well said. And look, guys, don't forget if you've got BTC Pay server running, don't forget to update to one point seven three. Don't forget to check out the video on their integration with the cold card and that awesome video that Bass and the BTC Pay Server team did. All right, guys, that wraps up our 21st episode of Pleb Underground. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to check us out on our audio-only platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. If you want to stream us sats, check us out on fountain.fm. You could stream us sats through Breeze. Walton, what do we got? Fuck shit coins. That's right. Fuck shit coins. Adam, if people want to find you, how can they find you, sir? On Twitter at Adam3US. All right. Very cool. We are going to add it to the show notes. Guys, we will catch you all next time. Yeah.